All right, so I was thinking, as the producer of the podcast, I want to take this in a new direction. Wait, I'm sorry. Now, wait. So, okay, so if I'm the talent, that's fine. But if I'm not the talent, <laughs> I want to be a producer, too. I'm the producer. <laughs> Dan is easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> so hear me out. All right. True crime. Oh. oh I like it. Crime. Where is this going? Crime podcast. Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm Roberto. PDL. So guys, we had a uh, pretty fun bourbon-filled weekend last week. That was really fun. Um, what did we do? We went to see Antioch Barrel. Is that what, it, is that what yep. it's called? Antioch Barrel. Antioch Barrel. Uh, in Antioch, Illinois, which is pretty much like Alaska or something, if you're looking at a map. <laughs> uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty damn far. Uh, nice town, though. Nice town. You know, nice guy. I forget the guy's name. Tom? Jerry. Tom or Jerry. Or Tom and Jerry. I think it was a mouse. <laughs> he wasn't the cat. <laughs> um, Tom at Antioch Barrel. Really nice. Really nice guy. He's got a really nice side business. Good side operation. Uh, buying all barrels from Buffalo Trace, from Heaven Hill, from other distilleries. Yeah, really great distillery marks on, on a lot of the beautiful barrels. Mm-hmm. we'll put um, a picture on the ground yeah his his showroom stuff was super impressive yeah yeah the wonderful cabinets. wonderful finishing he makes different liquor cabinets uh pub tables bars uh, bar tables yeah the cabinets are beautiful and he stains them in different you know different stains um I mean, of course, because he's stained some, so it's different yeah. stains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like he got a, there's a lot of different customization options. Yep, which is cool. Yeah. Really reasonable, right? I mean, for for what he's making, the prices are pretty reasonable. Yeah, we uh, so both Jake, you saved some money by by not getting anything. by not getting anything, which is probably <laughs> a, probably saved you later in the day. But yeah, we uh, both Roberto and I got a liquor cabinet, uh, both Buffalo Trace barrels, yeah, um, with the Mashbill Mashbill Two stamp Mash on Bill them. Mashbill Two. Original stamping. And then after they got done at Buffalo, they got shipped to Goose Island Brewery in Chicago where they uh, poured bourbon country beer. Bourbon County. Bourbon County beer into them. uh, Which is amazing. It's It's a really good beer, too. Yeah. Are those, is that a year that they age it or is it only like a few months? It's only, it's only a few months, but the label on the beer says that you can age it up to five years in your house. Like huh. you just if you keep it just for keep like, it in the you just keep it in the bottle for five years it'll no age. shit yeah so I opened one and I didn't open the other one the open <laughs> I'll open the other one in five years uh, but yeah really beautiful barrels that you know that he had you can just go and buy one for a hundred dollars and put it in your pickup trunk uh, well I don't have one Jake has one yeah. <laughs> and Jake's pickup truck get uh, me to drive you there and then, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah I'm excited six weeks I think Dan and I will have a really nice. Really nice uh, Buffalo Trace cabinet with lights and yeah. I don't even know what else he's doing. Glass top and everything. Glass tops, glass yeah. shelves. Yeah. So it was good. And then we took a trip to Sam's, our friend Sam. That yeah. he's, he's made an appearance, I think, every, every episode now. Yeah. yeah. Basically a member of the podcast who's never oh, been yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> member, member, guest, friend of the podcast. Um, and, and it was good because we obviously had some, some good luck finding good bottles with him. Well, I mean, he was saving good bottles for us. 
uh, we came back with a few very old Barton bottles, mm-hmm. which he said now it's allocated, yep. which that sucks. Yeah, so that that is confirmed. Yeah, that they're going away soon. Yeah, and he told us he told us get it. You know, you won't find this. You won't find it again. Yeah, yeah. and me and Roberto picked up hundred proof. I picked <laughs> up a hundred proof as well. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I got an eighty six too, just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, good bottles. You know, again, he he's always a great host. And funny because he wasn't. I think he was following us, but not listening. And then he, <laughs> then he told us that he's like, "I just don't know how to do it." So my daughter has got to teach me how to listen to the podcast. So maybe Sam already, maybe already uh, <laughs> are playing it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and then the other cool thing is that we didn't even pitch it to come to, you know, host. I mean, I'm sorry to tape a podcast. Um, at his place, he actually said to us, "Is like, hey, if you ever want to come up here and, and and record your podcast here, more than welcome." So that's pretty cool. Out yes. in Siberia, right? <laughs> Out in Siberia, I can see I can see Russia from my house. Um, we just have to figure out how to how to get that to be feasible. Yeah, we probably yeah. have to get some other kind of yeah, probably a hand recorder, up, but or yeah. take it on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we had we had no problem uh, building up reserves to fill up the liquor cabinet. I now have my counter just full of bourbon, waiting for six weeks for the yeah cabinet to come in, so I have a place to put it. But I think I'm going to use mine for empty bottles. Yeah, and I'm, I'm keeping you know, really nice empty bottles. Some well, some again, you have bottles. a you have a room, so <laughs> I, I have a shelf and a cabinet. I have a few shelves that now have an extra seven bottles. I think I brought back, and uh, yeah, it's growing. I brought a few too. Yeah, I can I can see Jake's cabinet and now counter too. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> now it's a counter. Out. He's got bottles on top of the refrigerator too. <laughs> uh, he's got them on the counter. And what else is over here? It's another shelf. Yeah, cabinet. there's another shelf, but that's mostly like the cordials yeah. and, and stuff. You definitely have to uh, put another shelf somewhere. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was nice. We left with a lot of good things and got stocked up. And Sam yeah. had been saving us a few <clears> things for uh, until we came back down again. So yeah. Can't wait for the next trip. Means Dan made us. an interesting deal. Yeah, so a while ago he said he was going to be getting a bottle of Elijah toasted in and c- completely forgot about it. And yeah. He uh, <laughs> had a larceny cask strength that, that uh, Jake took. And a little bit later I said something, I said, man, didn't, did you ever get your Elijah toasted? And he goes, oh, yeah. And then he had it hidden and pulled that out. And since I'm a man of my word and a, and a good friend, you are a good friend. You know, great friend. <laughs> You're a great Pro- friend. Probably the best friend. You are a best um, friend. Jake really wanted the bottle of toasted since he technically claimed it when we first found out that Sam was going to be getting some in. I did the swap of the Elijah toasted barrel for the Larceny Cast Strength. So. Both really good bourbons. I mean, you can't go wrong with either one. I have both, and Larceny is great. It's high proof. It's it's You can tell. You yeah, can it, tell was, it, it was... Uh, it's similar to what we're drinking today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Toasted Barrel Elijah is great. I love that thing. I love Elijah. Well, I mean, I'm just a fan of Elijah, Craig. Yeah. Best value out there for like 35 for the regular one. Mm-hmm. Rice, what, like 40 I think. I mean, it's just a yeah. great value. Yeah. Dan is a nice guy. So well, the right. other the other update from the last podcast is Jake has had a rename. So I think last week we started referring to you and your Whiskey 101 as Professor Jake uh, on the trip yeah. from... Alaska to Siberia. We we did uh, rebrand it as Professor Jake now. Professor, yep. Just to make it a little more uh, 
topic central. So yeah, go to Instagram, see Professor J. He's got a nice picture there. <laughs> so, Professor, what are we learning about today? So, uh, this week I wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive into the industry and kind of the um, seedy underbelly, but not really. <laughs> I don't want to see anybody's underbelly. We're not really doing that true crime What's thing, there? are we? No. Okay. <laughs> Why, what do you Google there? <laughs> or no, what comes? <laughs> I just wanted to, it's an interesting structure in the market because like a lot of other things, um, most notably, like the telecom industry, there's only a handful of companies that own most liquor producers. Um, so I wanted to run through those. One of them's Stoli. One of them is not Stoli. <laughs> um, then go into uh, MGP of Indiana, which is actually where mm-hmm. the liquor that goes into these uh, barrel bottles comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Dan's gonna gonna mention that, um, so I wanted to give some history on that and some context. Then next week, where I'm going to talk about barrel aging and some of the like science behind that and what you get out of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we're actually going to do our own barrel aging experiment in a. F- few weeks we'll open it up and give it a taste i think for this podcast to be illegal the barrel agent has to be at least 18 years though <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise i don't think it's quite legal <laughs> fair enough <laughs> very nice oh danny <laughs> all right so i'll get into it so we can get to the bourbon tasting all right so there's 10 top companies in the American in the American whiskey market, first off is Beam Suntory Inc. This is Jim Beam. Um, in 2014, they were bought out by a Japanese holdings company called Suntory, and they are the third largest premium spirits company globally. Yeah, they make they make really good Japanese whiskeys. Yeah. Then we have Brown Foreman Corporation. This is Jack Daniels, Soco, and Woodford. The U.S. is their largest market. With fifty-seven or forty-seven percent of sales. Back in uh, college, I oh, nope, sorry, mom. Post college, I <laughs> probably helped support Soco's <laughs> stocks go up a little bit. Back in high school, I probably did. I've never had Soco. Good call. Good call. <laughs> it's not terrible when you're in high school. All right. Uh, next, we have Diageo, spelled D-I-A-G-E-O. These are this is the number one beverage producer in the world. They own Bullet, Crown, Seagram's, Johnny Walker, and a whole host of clear liquors that we couldn't care less about. That's right. Yeah, like Stoli. <laughs> I, th- I think they own Stoli. <laughs> they do, I think, yeah. Clear liquors for rich women on diets. That's the old Ron Swanson yeah. saying, isn't it? I, I don't know uh, what Dan's food's like doing right. Wait, just for those of you listening, Dan's about 10 feet from me, but his foot is right next to my other foot. <laughs> Got long legs. Can you just wait to play footsie until I'm done? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next, we have Campari. They own Wild Turkey. They're uh, they're I believe an Italian company. Um, And they also own a bunch of clear liquors and beer. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of beer. Yeah. Most of these own some kind of amalgamation of wine, distilled spirits, and 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 beers. Yeah. Um. So next, we have Heaven Hill. 
Uh, Heaven Hill is one of the largest independent family-owned producers of spirits in the United States, probably globally as well, but I, I couldn't confirm that. Um, so they they obviously have Heaven Hill, uh, Evan Williams, and Elijah Craig as their like main flagship bourbons. Uh, then we have our favorite, the Sazerac Company, mm-hmm. which is also family-owned. Um, they actually have multiple distilling sites. Um, so we have the Buffalo Trace Distillery, which makes mm-hmm. you know a plethora of things. Um, they have the Sazerac Distillery, which makes the Sazerac. And then they have the Barton 1792 Distillery, which we talked about in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they own uh, Glenmore, yeah. the Scotch Distiller. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I didn't know they own Glenmore. Yeah. Well, good, good for them. Uh, then we have Kieran Holdings. They own Four Roses, which, interestingly, has been one of the top-selling bourbons since the 1930s. Oh, man. Which I did not know. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Which I'm we a should fan. do a Four Roses. I'm yeah. a fan of Four Roses. Single-barrel Four Roses. Don't get any better for my money. And it's... Like, all the variants are widely available. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is rare. It's not allocated, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they acquired Four Roses in 2002, so somewhat recent acquisition there. Nice. Um, and then the last one I've got is Luxco. They own Rebel Yell and Ezra Brooks. Mm. I think Luxco does a lot of, um, is more heavy in the like clear liquor department. Mm. But all right, so uh, next we have MGP of Indiana. So MGP is a massive distilling operation right on the border of Indiana and Kentucky, but on the Indiana side. They were founded in 1847, purchased by Seagram's in 1933, when Seagram started selling off uh, assets because they were going bankrupt. Ownership of the distillery was transferred to Pernod Ricard. Um, he sold... The distillery to CL Financial in 2007, and they named it LDI. And then in October 2011, MGP Ingredients purchased it and renamed it MGP of Indiana. It sounds French. What's the name? Uh, Pernod Ricard. Oh, it sounds French. They probably make plastique. It mm-hmm. it sounds like he's a guy from America. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't look too much into him because. Yeah. Maybe he does um, make. I think he had he had some kind of relationship to Seagram's, I think, and somehow obtained this as an asset through. I had a really close relationship with Seagram's when I was in college. That's <laughs> <laughs> another one I've never had. <laughs> the old it's not seven terrible. Sevens. It's not terrible. Seven and seven. Yeah. Yeah, you're in college. You're seven and seven was good. Good relationship with them. Um, so MGP actually merged with Luxco in 2021. Um, they are the largest provider of distilled spirits in the United States. About 50 different brands bottle and sell MGP spirits. And their largest customer is Diageo, um, who actually has a bottling facility in Plainfield, Illinois. Hmm. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Road trip. So the big takeaway here is that MGP makes mashes. Mm-hmm. And they have like a shitload of different mash bills. Mm-hmm. They distill those. Sometimes they sell that directly to people. 
a lot of the times they just age it themselves and then sell the aged barrels to companies. So one of the things that's interesting about this is fairly recently, I think it was either 2019 or 2020, Templeton Rye was sued because they're actually a purchaser of MGP product. And on their bottle, it says something along the lines of Kentucky Bur- or Kentucky Rye Prohibition Era Recipe and like all this other, you know, marketing kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And people were like, none of that's true. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, this from is Indiana. all from Indiana. <laughs> yeah. So they ended up having to issue refunds to anyone that purchased Are it in serious? a certain time frame. Uh-huh. And then had to change their label to say made in Indiana. Wow. And they, I believe they had to take off the Prohibition Era recipe. That makes tagline. sense. Good for them. Yeah. I would have been mad too. Yeah. Have you been to Indiana? Yeah. <laughs> It's actually a really nice. No, I'm just kidding. It's a really nice place. Indiana is a sponsor of the podcast, so it's except great. for Gary. Gary is kind of an <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, don't go to Gary. Yeah, no. You can smell Gary. I can it's smell Gary from here, and it's you know, sixty miles or something. <laughs> All right, so just some of the brands that use MGP product are Angels Envy. Yep, I've read that. Bullet Rye, George Dickel Rye, James E. Pepper, Templeton. Uh, Seagram 7, High West, interestingly enough. Oh, wow, all the way to Utah. Um, Ezra Brooks, Rebel, Blood Oath, and Yellowstone. Blood Oath makes sense, yeah. So in our specific case with Barrel, Barrel's well-known for, or their their shtick is taking a bunch of different barrels and blending them. Yep. I think it's the biggest blender in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So they're... It makes a lot of sense for them to buy finished yeah. product mm-hmm. and blend it. Yeah. And it seems to be a growing market because you have Bardstown that does this yeah. a lot. And yeah. then also Blood Oath, I think, is all blend. Blood Oath is all blend. So it's it's a it's an emerging yeah. industry. We gotta do Blood Oath, by the way. That, that's a great uh, Dan doesn't like it. I thought it was a great I didn't uh, like it either. Oh geez, I'm the only one that likes Blood Oath. Anyway, I mean, it we was will, okay. We will not do an episode of Blood Oath. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, send, wanna, we'll show you a picture because it's a beautiful I don't want to shit talk it because it was a while ago. Yeah, it, I don't it was, remember. It was, like, it, like, was, yeah. it was like I would never drink it again, but is it something I want to drink, have on my, is, is it something I'm going to put in my own collection? Probably uh, not. It's, I have two and I have the 2017 and the 19. It's great. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, nice. So yeah, so that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah, and I guess kind of on that note, um, some of the hardcore old-fashioned bourbon people out there don't like the big blends and everything just because it's not yeah. started and finished at the same place kind of like a buffalo or things like that wait old-fashioned like old-school people or old-fashioned like the drink old old-school people so i'm an old old-fashioned guy i like old-fashioned <laughs> i think we all like old-fashioned <laughs> okay good. yeah there's a lot of um shitting on mgp and brands that yeah utilize them because yeah. they're not like pure you know pure yeah bourbon or whatever you want to yeah yeah you're right the purists are never gonna like that because at the end of the day for me and i think all three of us are on the same page is if you make a good tasting bourbon i don't care where it came from or how you got the finished product as long as it tastes like a really good bourbon absolutely bathtub bourbon you name it if it's good the only the only caveat i would add to that is like a case of like the templeton where they're marketing it yeah like it's not (laughs) <laughs> sourced from yeah that's else, uh, you know? that's yeah um so a good way to identify if it's an mgp is if anywhere in the bottle it says 
Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Indiana, yeah. It's, it's pretty it's it's not for sure, but it's ninety-five yeah. percent sure. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it'll say it. there's 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 very large probability. Good. Yeah, so uh, along the lines with that, um, we talked about it a little bit. We're gonna do a couple different barrel uh, bourbons today, so we we really enjoyed when Roberto got really drunk last time we did two bourbons, so we're gonna do <laughs> When was that? Very old Barton? Yeah, we, yeah. we had both Bartons. Yeah, wow. So, and there wasn't even a lesson in that one. Wow. No. So I started early in this one. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Bar- Barrel, their their headquarters is out of Louisville. Louisville. But what they say on their website, they're not trying to hide or do anything that Templeton did. Yeah. Is uh, the way they promote themselves is they're an independent blender and bottler of unique aged cast strength source whiskey and rum. Uh, they started doing this back in 2012, so they're a little over 10 years into it. And their big thing is that each batch is unique. Um, with that being cast strength, a little terminology, cast strength basically means that once this is finished out of the barrel, it gets poured from the barrel directly into the bottle. They aren't diluting it down with water or anything. The reason barrel, all barrel products are cast strength. And their reasoning is, is they want you to taste exactly what they produced uh they don't want it to be the flavor to be altered at all so they do make a point of noting in multiple places on the website that there's no additives whatsoever yep it's only bourbon it's just right out of the barrel which can be you know that's why the proof is normally higher than those because it's right out of the barrel yep so yeah they're going to be they're going to be higher proof they're usually all going to be over 100 so i mean the so far to date the heaviest or the strongest we did was the Taylor single barrel, which single is barrel, yeah. bottled and bond, so hundred proof. These are both going to be uh, in the one hundred tens, hundred twenty or low. It's not going to get to one twenty, but close yeah. for proof. Uh, they source, like Jake said, from all around the U.S. In some places, they get some stuff from different places in the world. And what's unique is their their headquarters and where they do all their finishing is an old data storage center so their <laughs> their bottling room is the actual old server room and for those of you who don't know too much about data storage it or is a crypto coin or what yeah <laughs> it's it's a heavily uh climate controlled yeah, environment yeah, so they can they can have the exact conditions they want for bottling so that's, that's pretty cool yeah probably paid a pretty penny for that i'm guessing it probably didn't come cheap but it, yeah it's very different than normal Rickhouse conditions, yeah, yep. which are usually like dump it in a warehouse yeah. in a shed that was built in <laughs> <Right>. 1920. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just like tin siding. It's like warehouse number one at Buffalo Trace. Yeah. If you ever go yeah. and see it, it's beautiful. It's all all of the uh, rickhouses at Jack Daniels are just yeah. tin siding, and they're like, yeah, yeah you don't want to go in there. It's like <laughs> 300 degrees in the summer. Yeah, oh, well, I can imagine. Nobody Ooh. nobody goes in there if they don't have to. No kidding. <laughs> Um, so we got the two different types we have. We're going to start off with the cast strength. It's just their normal cast strength bourbon. Um, so when they talk about each batch is unique, the batch batch number we have is uh, Jake's bottle, which is batch 30. Uh, in comparison, just how the same type of barrel bourbon, but the different batches make are, are, are separate from each other. So mine is just Indiana and Tennessee source mm-hmm. where uh, the batch 30 also has whiskey source from Wyoming in it as well. So, just in a different H batch number, eight batch numbers. There's there's quite a bit of difference on it. Uh, on the bottle, it does say that it's been aged for five years. Uh, Jake talked about it last time. If you do put the age on the bottle, it has to be the youngest uh, that's in there. Mm-hmm. Since this is a, a blend, it has a five, six, nine, ten, eleven, and fifteen year 
bourbon in there. So there's a whole bunch of different. It's a good mix. Whole bunch of different bourbons. Uh, the proof on this one is 117.32, which is pretty pretty specific. Um, cast strength. Yeah. Cast strength. You're not doing anything to it. <laughs> Again, a batch difference. For example, mine is 116, 116.6, so about a full proof uh, different from Jake's to mine. Uh, the mash bills, you're never really going to know because they're sourced from so many different places. They're not going to r- tell you where it came from. They're just more concerned about what it comes out of the barrel as and how it yeah. tastes. In a in a blend like this too, it's not really that important because no, no. you're. It's all about creating something new and interesting. Right, right. Anyway. Um, MSRP on this ninety dollars. You can find it in liquor stores for ninety dollars. You can find it online for ninety dollars. It's not anything you're going to really have a problem finding. Um, some of your small liquor stores might not have barrel in stock, but almost any of your mid to large is going to have a bottle or two of a different type of barrel in. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that hard to find. If you're looking for a specific batch number, that can be a little bit more uh, difficult. Yeah. Um, but that's. Yeah. I don't know. You want to sip this one first, or you want to talk about them both, and then take which is there? you know I was I was reading about bourbon at some point. I mean, I have a really nice book, and what's the name of the book? Actually, it's a really good read. If anybody uh, wants to read it, the I think it's the, the complete um, whiskey. Complete something? complete. Whiskey course, I think. There you go. The, yep, the complete whiskey course. By really good. Robin Robinson. Excellent. It's book. available on Amazon. If you have even like a fleeting interest in bourbon, yeah. this will grab you and really in. It is bourbon one hundred and one. It yeah. is a great book. So, so good. Yep. Lots of awesome information, and it'll give you uh, recommendations. Yeah. On yeah. It recommends, and it's really cool how they do that. You know, yeah. they're teaching you while recommending the bourbons. I was reading about cask uh, strength and barrel proof, which is exactly the same thing, but apparently cask strength uh, traditionally is for scotches mm-hmm. and barrel proof for bourbon. So but this, you know, these guys use cask strength, which mm-hmm. I guess it's now interchangeable, uh, which is that's why, you know, obviously the proof is point whatever. Every time you pick up a bottle of barrel proof, it's going to be, you know, 121.7 or something that, yeah. that's right out of the barrel. Um so, you know, again, this is batch 30, which if you haven't seen barrel um, bourbon, uh, and we'll put a picture online on the, on the socials, on Instagram, bourbon matters, at bourbon matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Facebook, I think it's the same thing, right? Yep. I should yeah. know. Uh, the bottle is really pretty. I love these round bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the, the stubby round bottle of bourbon. I don't know why. But at the same time, I'm really, you know, really a huge fan of the tall ones, like the tall skinny ones. Um, so I'm, I, I really just visually, it's really nicely visually appealing. Um, the other thing that's really appealing is the, you know, the, the color is like really caramel, maple syrup. Uh, color bourbon when you see it it's you know you can tell it's got complexity just by looking at it because if you you know if you hold it right next to a very old barton uh, you're gonna see the difference really <laughs> quick you know and again nothing wrong with very old barton i have five bottles um but uh this is you know batch 30 is it's bold i think when you open it when you start smelling it uh, it really is a bold uh smell uh, and then if you taste it, it's actually fruity. In my taste, you know, I, I started to tasting some, uh, some, some almost like lemon. But it's it's not sweet though. No, it's not sweet. Right. It's pretty. It's, it's, it's very like, to like use like a wine term. It's like dry. Yes. So you get a lot of 
Yeah, that's like, a really good point. It's not sweet. It's not like you're drinking, you know, like a juice box or anything. Yeah. It's uh, a really good taste. Um, the oak really is highlighted. Yeah. The oak is definitely highlighted. The spice, you can tell. I don't know what the rye uh, content is, but There's I think definitely some. I think I read at some point it was like twenty-one percent rye or seventeen percent rye, which is it's pretty decent. It, this, this I think has the highest rye taste of anything we've tried yeah. so yep. far. Yeah, you can you can definitely taste the rye. Um, you know, again, to the taste, you can definitely sense some of the spice, some of the fruity uh, flavor. But again, it's not sweet fruit. It's like a lemon, almost like cranberries and lemon. And you know, when I was when I was thinking about it, um, which brings me to another point about, you know, all these tasting terms. Oh, man, I was reading another at some point, um, one of the newsletters. And they were describing a bourbon in like, oh, this is this tastes like melted Tootsie Rolls. It's like, I've never melted a Tootsie Roll in my life. I don't know what it tastes like. It's like, how do you even come up with that? And then another term said melted candied red hot cinnamon candy. What? I've never tried that. I mean, I don't know where yeah. these guys do all day. It's uh, <laughs> my favorite that they like to use. Usually isn't bourbon, but it's, it's wine. Wines love to use it is sandalwood. Yeah, what the, what the hell? How is do you that eat it? <laughs> uh, and licking wood, yeah, and being like, yeah, especially after your sandals have been all over it. So like, what does that mean? Uh, and then the the last uh, one of the last ones recently that I saw is cornbread edges, not just cornbread, but no, the edges of the cornbread. Edge. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I've, so this is very cornbready. It is, yeah, the edges really. It's, yeah. it's more like the corner. It's not the side. Yeah, the, the like very the corner. very corner edge of it though. Not, like a, not the right straight up, flat side no, where yeah. it gets double crisp because it's getting heat from both sides. Yeah, but yeah. it's not burnt. No, no, yeah. on the cusp of being burnt. Yeah, uh, and it's right at the ninety degree angle. That's yeah, really yeah. where you get the flavor. Uh, so, you know, this brings me to a point about about these taste notes. You know, I. I, I can tell, you know, there's some basic ones that mm-hmm. you can normally tell in a bourbon, like vanilla, like oak, like spice or cinnamon uh, or caramel. Yep. But outside of that, I mean, it just gets, yeah. it gets a little ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, and then I was reading a really good article by a reviewer who said, like, none of this matters. All of these taste notes are marketing. Oh, these yeah. guys, they teach them to say these things. They memorize a hundred terms mm-hmm. that they just spit them out when they taste the bourbon. So, you know, the moral of the story is that Again, there's going to be some really good basic flavors like cinnamon, oak, caramel, vanilla. Which anyone can identify. Anybody can identify. Like I can't even smell half the time, but I can taste those. (laughs) Right. Outside of that, did you like it or not? Really, that's what it comes down to, right? Um, And then what I started doing, which is actually a really cool exercise, I started digging my own notes. You know, I'm drinking it mm-hmm. without listening to the marketers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this one tastes like cinnamon mm-hmm. or this one tastes like melted Tootsie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, I recommend to do that. It's a good exercise if you just on your own. Right. Instead of reading somebody else's notes. Yeah. Uh, write down what you taste out of your bourbons. I keep a like a journal just like, oh, OK, well, this one tastes like that. One thing that we had talked about at some point, I think we should start doing and anyone at home could do this also is uh do do a taste and then give your notes and then compare it to yeah, the, yeah. the official notes yeah exactly and see what you it can be hilarious <laughs> which is funny because if you say oak it's always going to be oak yeah there's always oak <laughs> it's like you know i say it's grapes and wine right <laughs> i was like what'd you taste grapes <laughs> um so the taste 
You know, again, it's a $90 bottle. Um, it, the taste is, we spoke about, you know, some of some of the fruits. They, you know, I do taste a little bit of lemon. I uh, also taste the spice. It's right off the mm -hmm. bat. You can taste the spice. Yeah. Especially, like, on the second and third tastes. Yeah, it really starts it, highlighting usually it. Usually, that, like, the peppery, like, rye mm -hmm. spice taste. Yep comes at the back this one hits like almost at the front or very like tip the of the middle. tongue yeah it really does hit you at the front yeah much earlier than like a typical yeah rye does you know the other term that i started using because i do i do think it's a like it's true i can taste it it's like like leather you know yeah mm -hmm. and it's obviously because of the smell not of the taste right mm -hmm. um so again fruit spice uh pepper for sure really nice like charred oak mm -hmm. i can yeah. taste that um, I'll say, you know, if, try it. I would buy a bottle for $90 and it, it's a really decent bourbon for, for 117 proof. It, it's got an easy finish to it. Good point. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's strong. You can tell, you can tell it's strong, right. but it's not, it's not going to, uh, right. Knock you off your ass. No, it won't. And the, and the other thing, you know, this is a blend. Um, this is one where actually I would. Put a couple of drops of water in there with a night dropper. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I, see. I'd taste it straight first, mm -hmm. right? And then if you feel like you need to, you could dilute it with a little bit of water or yeah. an ice cube or, or see. Something and like, like I, the higher proof ones that I've that I've had that I've drank in my collection, I look at the Angel's Envy Cast Strength in the port barrel finish, and that was low one twenty proof, I believe. Yeah, and that one I did. Always throw throw a couple drops of water in. Yeah, this barrel I don't when I'm at home. This one is smooth and it easy is enough pretty for me, smooth for, yeah. for my taste palate. Yeah. I do like mine a little bit stronger. Yeah, um, I just like to get drunk quicker, I guess. Yeah, he, but he's normally the first one to get drunk too. Uh, really? Uh. <laughs> is, is that me? Oh, dang it! Um, but no, it's yeah. You hit the flavors on the nose. It. I think for ninety dollars for the proof that you're getting in, obviously you don't need to drink as much at a higher proof. Um, I feel I feel ninety dollars is about right for that bottle compared to what other things are going for right now these days as well. I would think yeah. so. And this is and like uh, your larger liquor stores, they will always have this one, and then they'll have a couple of the variants. Yeah, you know what I appreciate about the ninety dollars is that. You know, if you if you're getting a single barrel, which you know there's amazing single barrels, of course, you know that you put in the barrel five six years later, you open it, you bottle, it, and these guys are actually going through the science of blending, right? Yep. And then trial and error, mm -hmm. they're they're mixing different blends, different proofs, different everything. Uh, I appreciate that. I would pay ninety dollars for that because uh, it is really nicely blended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's nice a, blend. It's a very um, adventurous experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, just like all, I mean, I guess you have a risk of putting bourbon in a barrel, letting it sit for five, six years, and then saying, hey, is this good or not? Where these guys are taking a whole bunch of different things that yeah. they think are going to blend well, and do they blend well or not? Yeah. Um, I think this one blends. Yeah. blends I would not mix this. No. I would drink it neat. And again, yeah. like we were saying, if you put a couple of drops of water or maybe an ice cube, I think this would be terrific with an ice cube actually now yeah. that i think about it i mean if you if you really have a hard time this could actually make a pretty complex old-fashioned mm -hmm. mm -hmm. i think that'd be pretty i can't tasty. talk i have whiskey in my throat <laughs> it hit me it hit me in the nose like dan said also my you know my mom when i was a kid she would throw the 
sandal at me and it would hit me in the nose too. <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Maybe this blend is making me go through like childhood memories. Are you on the second or third glass right now? Oh, this is probably like two and a half right now. Okay. Well, I mean, these lessons take you know, a decent <laughs> amount of time, which are interesting. It's just like, all right, well, you know, it's like college. I drank through lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I drank post-college, mother. So, Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you the angel? I'm perfect child. Um, so as we're finishing He's up the angel's that, envy. Yeah, the angel's envy. <laughs> I, I had my angel share in college. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> I can definitely believe that. I don't know what that means, but I believe it. The... Um, so as we're finishing up this, we'll look at the Armida. So this one is a limited release. So where, like, Jake's bottle number is 18,410 uh, for the Batch 30. The Armida is only a run of 3,700 total bottles that they put out. So this one has, besides being blended, they finished it in a couple different unique ways. So it was a finished bourbon when they got it, and then they finished it in pear brandy, rum, and Sicilian Amaro casks. And I could just be an idiot and not know what... Well, I am an idiot. Uh, but I had no idea what Amaro was. <laughs> I, and both Jake and I were about to jump in. And then he say, he's like, all right, I'll just go for it. And, and it's on a recording now. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's well, like, I'll just go for it. I'll say it. I'm going to make a clip and put it on one of our sound pans. Dan's going, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Is the other one, one. going to be like, I, I oh, think- that's good chili. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, too. Um, so... I, I did look up what Amaro is, so it's an herbal liqueur. Uh, the exact translation of Amaro in English is bitter. Um, they make Amaro by infusing grape brandy or wine with herb roots, flowers, and spices. So obviously with the pear, uh, pear brandy cask finish and the Amaro cask, they're going for a little bit of a fruitier flavor yeah. uh, in this bourbon. And you can definitely smell it on the nose from the bottle. Uh, you can get a yeah. little bit of fruit smell on it. He smells it on the nose. I mean, that's the only thing I used to smell. I don't know where else to smell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, like all their other ones, age is undisclosed on this. Did as much research as I could on it. Most people think it's probably around an eight-year-old bourbon, considering it's been aged in so many different casts. Just based on timelines, it's probably around an eight-year-old. This one don't have Wyoming This one doesn't. Whiskey, so right? This is just says Indiana and Tennessee whiskey, yeah. so you're probably looking at MGP. Uh, some of the stuff I did find is some of the they source a lot of uh, whiskey out of Dickel in Tennessee. Yeah. So more than likely, this is probably going to be an MGP and Dickel uh, combination, but that's just speculation, hearsay. Again, ninety dollars on this one for MSRP. It's going for that price online as well. If you're trying to find it, it's a little bit more uh, difficult to find just because it is a limited release. Yeah, three thousand is pretty low. I, so, I've never seen this again in stores. Where'd you get it? Like Benny's. I think I got it at Sam's. Nice. That makes sense. Sam's got the best selection. Or, no, no, I, I didn't. No, I got it somewhere You else. got it somewhere around here. So, um, but yeah, that's, again, Armida, just uh, sourced from different places, finished in unique ways, and yeah. that's what they're known for. So I have never tried this. I, I did. Uh, the, the, I was choking, and I don't know how to mute these <laughs> microphones, because I forgot that we were doing two, and I think I poured too, <laughs> ma- too much in the first one. So I chugged the rest of my barrel 30, <laughs> uh, <laughs> batch 30, to taste this one. And, and <laughs> Jake was watching me chug, but we couldn't do anything because you know, Dan was talking. Um, this one, same bottle. You know, it's the same type of bottle. It's beautiful bottles. I, I love this bottle. I, you know, I buy one just to display it on my shelf. 
uh, label is, it reminds me of uh, Weller single barrel. It's orange and white and yellow. It's a yeah. really nice label. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's we didn't talk about like they're very simple, mm-hmm. very clean like labels. Yeah, um, like modern. It's a modern label. Yeah, modern, really modern looking. You can tell. You know, it's reflecting their. You know, they're they're a new. Well, I mean, relatively new. Uh, blending years, operation yeah. Yeah. yeah um so this one the first thing that i noticed it's it's way more aromatic than, than yeah. the batch 30 you know you can smell lots of like floral it's like kinda. really floral yeah. like you can tell um the, the like the flowery smell mm-hmm. comes comes out you pretty quick uh, also uh, you need a fruity smell to the nose that like you can definitely smell a, a few but really floral i mean yeah, every time yeah. the more i smell it the, the more it hits me um vanilla notes in the nose uh in in caramel but it is fragrant um, yeah yeah some people you know some for some people that's a turn off when it's like too fragrant but this one's i haven't tasted it yet it just, it's not um you you can tell it's not overpowering um it's not like you're walking yeah. into into a flower shop it's not no, that, it's no. not that you like that but if you it's your, fairly mild yeah but it's, it's, very it's definitely a very different smell What's compared to, to a normal bourbon. It's oh yeah, I forgot proof on this no. is one twelve point four six. Yeah, lower proof than batch thirty. You can tell it's smoother. Yeah, it is a lot smoother. Yeah, um, wow. I mean, it's for one twelve. It's extremely smooth. <laughs> yeah, this is very so smooth for one twelve. This is smoother than the Taylor. Yeah, uh, the taste is definitely sweet. I I can I can. This one is sweet as opposed to batch thirty. Yep. This one is sweet. Spicy, it's complex. Um, you know, again, mm-hmm. take your own notes if you pick up a bottle. It is very complex. I can smell, you know, again, vanilla, oak, a little bit of spice. It's not as spicy as a batch 30. Oh, no, there's very little spice in this. I would say if you, you know, it's, it's floral. Again, I think that that may yeah. turn off some people. To, mm-hmm. to me, it almost tastes like absinthe almost like absinthe and it's like a liqueur yeah. at some point in the yeah <laughs> on your tongue you get like it it tastes like if you made a sazerac cocktail mm-hmm. yeah which isn't a bad it's thing, a really no. good point it's i i'm enjoying it yeah i gotta say i'm i'm a huge uh, or a better fan a better fan i don't know more of a fan uh, of the batch 30 i don't know and this sometimes <laughs> i've been drinking two glasses of this um I'm I'm a more of a fan of the batch thirty than the Armida. Armida. Yeah, this isn't bad. Um, I would not dilute this. No, no. I feel like no, if that's you watered this down, it would absolutely destroy. It'll it. lose the complexity too, because yeah. the complexity is really good. The complexity is very good. There, there's no reason you don't get that the alcohol heat from it. No, mm-hmm. there's no burn. No burn. I mean, we just we just pounded a, <laughs> a high proof bourbon. That's true. But it I reminds mean, me a little bit, not not a lot, because it's one of my favorite bourbons. But it reminds me a little bit of Angel Sandy Rye, that it's you know it's got that yeah. sweetness to it, that a caramel, bit, yeah. that dessert, mm-hmm. uh, liqueur almost. What uh, what do they finish that in? Uh, that's the sherry casks, I think. Yes. It is. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. Yeah, like, you uh, get some of that. Yeah. I wonder is it is this sherry cask in any of this? No, it's pear brandy. Uh, rum, 
I wrote rub on the notes. Yeah. Pear brandy, rum, and uh, Sicilian amaro. So pear, yeah, the the pear brandy makes sense. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's fruity. You get the I can get the pear on the very very yes, front of the tongue, it's right? Me too. When that's that you get a lot of fruit early on. Which I mean, yeah, it's a very mild fruit flavor mm-hmm. again, just like the the um the lemon and the yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. like the the like the actual fruit not not juice box the other yeah. one whose name that i can't right. remember it's not like the drink it. it's not like the mexican coke <laughs> like or something like yeah coca-cola let's let's be clear yeah 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 let's be clear it's not like mexican coca-cola okay not good that. save i don't know what the other one is <laughs> um you know again very complex uh i'm not gonna do a side-by-side comparison because that's not the point but mm. i'm I, I like batch 30 better than uh, Armida, not that I dislike Armida, but if I had both bottles in front of me for $90, I would probably go for the batch of 30. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely the Armida is if you're a wine drinker, mm-hmm. the Armida is the one for you. Yeah. Um, if you're a yeah. bourbon drinker, the regular. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a really good drinks. point. If you enjoy an Amaretto on the rocks. Yeah. Or an amaretto sour. Mm-hmm. This is your bourbon. Yeah, yep. like this is a really good bourbon for that. I mean, it it it's extremely interesting to drink. Very interesting. Lots yeah. of flavors going on. Yeah. Um, which yeah, it's not anywhere close to your typical bourbon though. Right. Right. <laughs> it's 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 unique, and that's obviously what bourbon or barrel bourbon goes for. Right. Is yeah. to be on the more unique side. I I agree. I. I prefer just the straight normal bourbon for my palate. Um, however, at the same time, is if I knew about this bourbon and was at a bar that had it, I would not be afraid. To, I would get a, I, a I glass. Would, it's it's always worth to try out different things because we all have different likes. I agree with that, and yeah. and that's why there's so many different bourbons and so many different types of alcohol and so many different types of soda I agree. out there. Um, I really agree that because of the complexity, and if you like that type of you know bourbon that's complex and floral. Yeah, I would I, not dilute this at all. No, if if you're if if you enjoy complexity in your spirits, this is a yeah. great option. Probably Dan enjoys a, complexity in his uh, women. Any of the they're all complex. <laughs> <laughs> he likes. I like how you guys both laughed away from he the likes microphone, so the wives too. couldn't hear you do that. <laughs> but it's still going to get picked up. So that's all I care about. I don't think this would be a, if you're getting into bourbon. It's probably not a good one to try. No, um, no. I if you have an appreciation for the different flavors and different levels of bourbon, it's definitely something that you should. See. If, if you can, if you're somewhere where they have a sample yeah. of it, go ahead and take it because it does have a very complex, very unique uh, flavor profile to it. Yeah, it really and does. I I think the the other blends like there's uh, the dovetail. Is the is the um, like readily available mm-hmm. other you know like specialty blends yep. that yeah. they have? Um, which I tried at Sam's. It was it was pretty yep. good. I enjoyed it. Um, Seagrass, Seagrass is the new one. Yep. Um, again, pretty good. I don't know if you can find Armida yeah. anymore. Um, I, I, I would agree. say if you can find it, you should pick it up. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's, if you're just starting your collection, yeah. I would say maybe pass. pass. I would pass if I start, but yeah, at this point. But if point, you've already got, 
If you already have, yeah. you, you have know, 50 plus bottles. If you're looking for something interesting, right? Yeah. This is definitely a good pickup. Maybe even not 50. If you have like 20 plus bottles, this is a really good one just to open and try. And you know, you may yeah. you may just really fall in love different. with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and overall, I mean, I I'm not going to knock barrel for for trying different things no, or, really. or doing. I, I, I'm not that type of snob. I don't think any of us are, but I, I do have an appreciation for what they're doing of trying to create. <laughs> That's exactly what to I to create yep. good flavored whiskeys in very unique ways and yeah and there's definitely a place for it in the industry and again there is nothing wrong with this bourbon yeah. no. no 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 yeah you know again blenders like barrel you got to give them credit you know if you start talking shit about this bourbon talk to a blender and see you know it's not that easy right they're like oh, no. they're, they're a lot of trial and error a lot of testing Let's, a lot of next week i'm going to get into the the barrel aging and and some of the blending you know stuff and it's most uh distillers are trying to hit consistency yeah is their number one goal and these guys are saying f consistency we're gonna do something interesting yeah, right, which right. is great yeah good for them yeah i appreciate you that. gotta have a mix of different things out there i mean That's there, there's like so much life. bourbon out there so it's it's nice to have something different in the mix that's how yeah. i live college with a mix of everything you know it's like <laughs> Seven God. and seven and Goldschlager and I think I did at Long Island Ice. Did you do straight Bacardi like I did? I used to do straight Bacardi, which in I Spanish, don't know how I did that. In Spanish, oh we call it a rat killer. Like that's because that, was, that one, it probably kills rats, and then two, oh, it tastes yeah. like rat killer. My first drink ever was a straight shot of Bacardi. It's probably mine five. too. Uh, maybe don't tell my parents, but I was probably like fourteen or something. Somebody had a handle of Bacardi, and they were like, it's "Oh, so we don't have any mixers," and I was like, "It is so terrible." I was like, that, okay. You know, again, that's, there's a reason why we call it rat killer, because it's so bad. Uh, yeah, at some point, my house was not too far away from the Bacardi distillery, and it smelled like pure, yeah. just sulfur and acid. Well, then, years later, uh, me and my buddy went downtown, and uh, we were going to go to T-Box. Oh. We went the night before and stayed at his sister's place and like you know went went to Wrigleyville and yep. like hung out at yeah. a couple places the night before. But to pregame, I was like, no, "I'll pick up a bottle of the white Bacardi." The oh whole pregame, God. and I took one drink and I was like, "I can't drink that." No, yeah, that's it. Right? Like, how how did I that's, ever? That, drink that is this? like <laughs> that's pregame game and postgame. I was like, "This is horrible." Like you're my buddy was like, "Yeah, I don't know why you." <laughs> Oh, uh, we! I used to steal my dad's Bacardi bottles because that's what we drank. You know, one they're like six dollars a bottle. Yeah, uh, we drank Bacardi like through you well, know, through my younger years, and it was terrible. We even mixed it with Coke, and I couldn't drink it. I was like, "This is <laughs> it tastes, This is absolutely terrible." You know, and then you got to think like, who still goes to a bar that can have a Bacardi and Coke? I know. It's like Did when you, you can right? try one of these amazing bourbon uh, bourbons for the same price. You should have tried the Bacardi with Mexican Coke. <laughs> that would have made it better. That probably would have made it better. <laughs> That'll keep you awake for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Let's, in uh, this one episode of Mad Men, they go to this dinner party at somebody's house that Don Draper doesn't want to be at. <laughs> so he walks in the door, and uh, the the wife of you know of the guy whose house it is, you know, takes his coat, coat, and she's like, "Can I get you anything to drink?" And he's like, "Anything brown." <laughs> and I was like. That's a code to live by. Yeah, <laughs> no clear liquor. That's for what me. Lindsay says. She's like anything brown. <laughs> so next week, will we have a bur- bourbon picked out for next week. Yeah, so we're gonna do the piggyback. 
this is from Whistle Pig. Uh, it's a it's a rye, so we're gonna ruin Dan's week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's finished in Revolution. Why don't you like rice? I like some rice, not all rice. Jesus. This one I think you'll you'll probably enjoy. So this is a Chicago exclusive release, finished in uh, Revolution Brewing barrels. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, we're excited about this one. We wanted to get this one out so that you still have an opportunity to go out and grab one if you if you really want yeah. to. Um, yeah, because it seems like it's it's a fairly limited release, so we wanted to get that one out. I'm excited. And then Roberto, the socials you kind of talked yeah, about earlier. Yeah, uh, you know, again, thanks for following uh, our Instagram, our Facebook accounts, Bourbon Matters at Bourbon Matters. Uh, the following is growing. It's really nice to see the follow- the the growth of the followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the website, you know, bourbonmatters.com. I think bourbonmatterspodcast.com. Yeah, bourbonmatterspodcast.com. And we have pictures. We have you know, bios, and at some point we'll have merch. Yeah, and and that would be cool. But that's probably like fifteen years down the road. <laughs> at this pace, <laughs> we're growing like one Instagram follower at a least. Day, episode so. ten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, give us a follow, and again, um, send us a, a DM. What do you like? What don't you like? Yeah, any... <laughs> Outside of Dan, well, that's a given. Uh, so yeah. You can slide into my DMs <laughs> any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... If you want to see us review something in particular, let us know. Um, make sure you click that follow, subscribe, notification bell, whatever, you know, on on the whatever podcast platform you're, you're listening on. Um, it and helps rate us. us out a lot. It, yeah. it shows us that people are actually interested in the yeah. show. Um, it also us helps too. us in the algorithms and boosts <laughs> us. So. Yeah. And the feedback helps us the most. I mean, I, I think the, the first feedback thing we've great. heard from the first few episodes from a lot of people has been... Uh, we've already changed, already changed the show to try and make this a little more accessible to more people. So yeah, it was uh, good to see that people said we couldn't hear anything Jake was saying. So, <laughs> <laughs> or I hit the microphone, you know, the thing like seventeen times. <laughs> Where are the springs? Uh, these are all new. Oh, I just noticed are you serious? That. Yeah, look at that upgraded. Jeez, oh, yeah, I changed out all of the boom arms, so we don't have the like man's reverb from we're gonna the springs be, anymore. We're going to be in the red for at least like twenty five episodes. <laughs> uh, probably more, but hey, you got the bourbon cost in there. Awesome. Well, guys, it was great. Barrel bourbon is uh, definitely has its place in the bourbon industry. Yeah, so I'm glad we yeah. got a chance to try some of these tonight. So yeah, I I would recommend picking up a bottle. I. I yeah. don't think you can go wrong with any of the variants. Um, if you're new, again, I would say pick the regular cast drink bourbon. Yep. Um, but if you're looking for something interesting, any of their blends would probably be, Agreed. be a good good pick. Cool. All right, guys. Well, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.